When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's Royal Visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. into the latest edition of the Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast presented by RotoFanatic.com Go to RotoFanatic.com today and check out the latest from Michael Richards on Prospects Galore all at RotoFanatic.com It's episode 117 Join your host Christopher Deary and Michael Govier as they bring in one of the most important people in the Palazzo universe Our Palazzo Pals are very special people, and this guy in particular has done an incredible amount of work that is quite hilarious. I'm sure you've seen his gifts. The Master Commander gifts may be the greatest gift this podcast ever received. Either way, time to give it up for the guy who has earned his stripes as a Palazzo Podcast Pal. Let's give it up for the big man himself, Russell Withers! otherwise known as Armchair Roto on Twitter. Don't forget, Russell has his own website, armchairroto.com. It's basically as it's described. He knows a lot about fantasy, but he's not giving it his all 24-7, 365. On today's show, Russell's going to talk about fantasy baseball with us. We'll talk about Brandon Lau. We'll talk movies in Enrico's Inquisition. And then we're going to talk about the league winners that are 30% rostered or less. There's players out there that can help you right now. We're lightly owned, but very capable of helping you win a title. And on the flip side of that, it's time to say goodbye to some players that are just rotting on your bench right now. Are they ever coming back? Will they ever start to reduce at the capability that we expected them to? It's time for some hard truths on the Palazzo Podcast today. So get ready to get the Kleenex out, wipe away a few tears, and say goodbye to some players that you need to move on from on a very special edition of the Palazzo Podcast with Russell Withers. Take it away, boys! We are live on the Plaza Podcast, Thursday night special edition. It was supposed to be last night, now it's tonight. Shit happens, life goes on. It's great to be here. I'm Michael Govia. I'm one of the hosts of the podcast at MJGovia on Twitter. 
my fellow partner, Christopher Deary, C. Deary1999. Deary's got a little bit of a headache, but uh, he's feeling okay. He's going to make the best of it, aren't you, Deary? I'll, I'll, I'll gut through this one. We'll be okay. Excellent. Speaking of guts, uh, we got a special guest today. He has an excellent gut. He knows fantasy baseball. He knows a lot of stuff. He's got a wealth of knowledge on a many, many, many different variety of topics, especially movies, too. He's a huge movie buff, and he's got his own website, armchairroto.com. You can follow him on Twitter at armchairroto. He doesn't just play the game. He analyzes it. And he's got a great sense of humor. He's the finest gift maker in all the land. Nobody makes gifts like Russell Withers. Russell, welcome to the Plaza Podcast. It's been a long time coming. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. You're too kind with that introduction. Yeah, you deserve I'm just, it, uh, I'm just a guy masquerading as a fantasy baseball expert. <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah. Yeah, your gifts are so great. I mean, they've made my day so many times. I, I even the bully ones. I haven't seen a bully one in a minute, but those are good too. So. Oh god, that movie's so bad. That's why you I don't was, like it. Of, nah, not really. I mean, oh, I really, you know, it's it's kind of like uh, like Requiem for a Dream or something. You're like, uh, you really gonna pop that one in more than once? Uh, never, never again. Yeah, probably not. Um, but you know. I mean, there's worse things. You know what? I have an idea. Jerk off party? No. Let's do this. No. I like where this is going. Okay. Thanks. Put it away. <laughs> Depends what you're in the mood for. So, either way, I think Bully's a great movie, but this is not a movie podcast. This is the Hey Torico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast presented by RotoFanatic.com. Head on over to RotoFanatic. Check out what we got going on. We still do articles, closing remarks from Mike Carter, infirmary report from Dave Funnel, and more. Russell, tell me what your favorite comedy is. Jeez. Uh, movie, TV show. What are we talking about here? Oh, what? <laughs> wow. Uh, we'll, we'll uh, go with let's movie. Go TV. Yeah, let's go with movie. Okay. Okay. Um, I mean, that's hard. It's kind of mood dependent. But uh, I've been saying for a long time now that MacGruber is the best comedy <laughs> of the last 20 years. <laughs> and the, the funny thing is uh, Alex Chamberlain, uh, Dolph Holhagen uh, on Twitter, he and I had an exchange on Twitter and some movie critic from Variety magazine found it, and he came back and had written this review of it whenever it came out, uh, just raining high praise on it. And he, anytime anyone talks about MacGruber on Twitter, this guy jumps in. And he's like, I told you I was right. People love this movie. <laughs> Variety magazine is still a thing. That's amazing. I guess so. Or- oh, very much so. Yeah. Call 911. <laughs> MacGruber is so good. It's such a great movie. It's so funny. So, so funny. I'm so glad that you said that because I completely agree with you. And I hadn't had a chance to really sit down and watch it in its entirety until about six weeks ago. And it's so funny. And there's so many quotes from it that I had no idea other shows have been using. So I basically knew the movie without even knowing it. I've never seen it. So funny, Chris. You got to watch it. I mean, I, I enjoyed the sketches on SNL, but yeah, I, I don't know why I didn't uh, clock in it's and uh, watch it. Totally different. It's a, it's a yeah. hard R. Yeah, it's a hard, hard R. R. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious from start to finish. It's nice. got Val Kilmer in it. He's the bad guy. What? Yeah. He's I don't know why I'm cunt. Cunt. Yeah, watch out for cunt. They'll get you. Uh, and you want me to change? Fuck you. you know, Will Forte is hilarious in that oh, movie. I love so Forte. Check- Check out McGruber. If you've never seen McGruber, guys, that was a great call, Russell. That's why we have you on the show. And, of course, like I said, follow Russell on Twitter. 
He is available. Russell, uh, what was the last thing you tweeted? I don't even remember. Um, <laughs> Who could? Who remembers their last tweet? No one does. Yeah, I don't even remember. It might have been a retweet of this. Of what? Who? Nice space of out this, there? Of this show for tonight. Oh, okay, yeah. I thought you, I thought you were going to show me something. Sorry. <laughs> it's this. Go fuck. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to talk about all kinds of fun stuff on the Hey, It's Regal Plato Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We're going to talk about how we can help you. You know, the season is not over, but we got 60 days to go here. So we got a really dumb graphic for today, which is a take on the movie Gone in 60 Seconds, by the way, Russell. I thought you might appreciate that. So I do. The stupid Nick Cage face on it. That's done, by the way, by uh, Point God 11 He's awesome. Follow him on Twitter. Uh, he's been doing the graphics for the show for basically the last six weeks or so and i tell him to do something and then he does it that simple and he does a fine job of doing it so make sure if you're looking for graphic work check out point god 11 he's a cool dude i think that's his handle he, that's at least his discord name i know that much dearie he lives in greece he's a uh, greek what yeah we're international here with the plaza pod you damn skippy we are it's very cool uh, we'll talk catch of the day uh return of the mac who's on the men who's coming back we'll get into enrico's inquisition with russell ask him dumb shit Go to the value zone and see if we can give you some league winners that are rostered at 30% or less. Yes, league winners that will help you win the league the last 60 days of the season, but we're cheap. And we'll talk buttercups. These are players to cut now, players that you may have drafted that are killing your team because you're still trying to win a title that you need to let go of. That is today's show. All right, so having said that, Russell, what's your favorite part about the Palazzo podcast? Because you're like a historian, man. You know as much about the show as anybody does. <laughs> oh, let's see. Uh, I like the drops. The drops are fun. And just the name of it. You know, I think it was uh, last last winter. I listened to a lot of fantasy baseball podcasts. And, uh, you know, during the winter, a lot of them just go dormant. And they're not putting anything together. And then I came across you guys somehow. And I'm just a total nut job for movies and fantasy baseball, like my two favorite things, you know, aside from my wonderful family. And I thought, holy shit, if I was going to start a fantasy baseball pod, <laughs> like this would be a candidate for the name. So I got to listen to this thing. And uh, you guys are just a ton of fun to listen to. So, so that's why I became such a fan. And then of About course, nine, the, the Russell Crowe thing started. <laughs> it, just got, like, it just got way away from us. And, and uh, it just has become more fun and more fun. You know, Russ, Russell, without even saying your name, you're basically referenced in every single one of our episodes, whether it's a question in Enrico's Inquisition, talking about Russell Crowe, Master and Commander versus Survivor, all the amazing gifts that are out there. So uh, you've been a part of our pod from the beginning, pretty much. Yes, he's the gift master. They're so good. God, I love them so much. They're the best. About a nine on the tension scale, Rube. In the end, Russell... This is why we did the show, because we get to meet people like you. And now we have a connection and we have like a relationship going on. It's pretty cool, man. We get some laughs. We also talk movies. We'll talk more about that in Rico's Inquisition. But in the meantime, we got to get into some business. And by the way, uh, anything you want to say about Armchair Roto that people should know about at this time? Because it is a solid website. You don't write articles every day necessarily, every so often when the mood strikes you, because that's your life. Yeah. You're doing what you want to do, how you want to do it, when you want it, right? Yeah, it's kind of in it's kind of in the name, um, armchair. You know, I'm just kind of 
It's Whatever, implied. It's like, it's, you know, I've, I've got a lot of things going on in my real life and, and uh, whenever the mood hits me, I just write something up. Usually during the winter, I write a whole bunch of articles because I do kind of a ridiculous amount of prep and research uh, during the off season. And I'm looking player by player and I come across something that looks interesting and I'll just hammer out an article on that. So I think last winter I must have written 20 or 30 articles. Uh, but once the season began, you know, I think maybe I've written three. <laughs> That's my guy. Hey, you do you. How you want to do it, when you want to do it. That's what yeah, I respect I, about you. You know, I uh, a, a long time ago, um, I uh, was a fantasy correspondent for ESPN. If, if, if anybody remembers this, in the early 2000s, back with ESPN, uh, before it was even free and you had to buy leagues, they had correspondence for every single team. And Oh, was, yeah. And, yeah, I was an English major at UT, and, and there was an opening for the Houston Rockets. And so I emailed Eric Carabell, name drop, and uh, sent him <laughs> a and I, and I did the correspondent thing for the Rockets. And I covered the Astros uh, as an ESPN correspondent for two years. Uh, and then, you know, eventually they got rid of all of us for, for paid writers. And uh, so I took a long time off, but during that whole time, I continued to to play and to do a bunch of prep and always just kind of felt like coming back to it. So I just started my own site and decided to throw articles up every once in a while. Yeah, that is crazy. I forgot about that. Yeah, they used to have those team specific plans mm-hmm. and like, uh, like Detroit stuff that was under the ESPN guys, but they abandoned mm-hmm. that. That was a long time. How long? It was, was, that was yeah. like... I think they got rid of that in 2004 or 2005. Something oh, wow. Like so yeah. do you know Eric Carabell then? I wouldn't say that I know him, uh, but I have his private email. I emailed him from time to time. That's pretty cool. I got to say. Is that the best show in fantasy? The Fantasy Focus? Yeah. Nah. I mean, it's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, Hard no. No, I mean, uh, uh, Eric and Tristan are, are great. I mean, I listen to them every once in a while, but I subscribe to like 30 podcasts. So there's about four or five of them that are heavy rotation. And then the others are kind of, I kind of pick and choose when I can fit them in. Man, that is intense. That is so intense. There's so many podcasts out there. So much knowledge, so much information to be had. So many people doing really good stuff. Absolutely. No doubt about it. That's why we're grateful to have you here. Uh, Patrick Ryan says, I said he touched me on the shoulder once. (laughs) That's right. Uh, it's business I, I, asked time him here. To, I asked him to tweet out Armchair Roto when I launched it. Oh, come on, dude. Yeah. That is not cool, bro. ESPN probably has a, a policy against promoting nobodies. Fuck that. Well, then I wouldn't want to work there then. You hear that, ESPN? I wouldn't. Fuck you. I'm going to do what I want when I want. That's why I like Russell. He's a self made man, does his own way. I don't ever want you to change. You be you. Uh, Business-wise, though, I wanted to mention that J.R. Richard died. So that sucked. I thought he was a great pitcher. He's one of my favorites growing up. I used to have this book. It was like the Baseball Chronicle. It had every season in it with all these little articles and factoids from basically 1900 till 1991 is when it ended. It was only up till that point. I was I was young. And J.R. Richard was in it in the 79 season. He struck out over 300 guys in multiple seasons in a time where that was rare beyond Nolan Ryan. Must have been something in Houston going on there. Pretty weird, but 
J.R. Richard is dead. Uh, anybody want to say farewell to J.R. Richard? That's all part of it. That's all. Yeah, I looked up his, uh, you know, obviously before my time, but I looked up his baseball reference page when he when he passed, and and you know, the black ink is crazy. Led the league in strikeouts twice, but he was a uh, he was a true wild thing too. He led the league in hit by pitches in uh, in wild pitches three times, and led the league in walks twice. There you go. But uh, you know, triple digit gas, just a, a feared guy on the mound. Yeah, I love the lead in wild pitches three times, by the way. So that's interesting as well. But, uh, you know, the strikeouts were in an era where strikeouts were not king like they are today. So I give him a lot of credit for that. It's very cool. He also pitched a shitload of innings. So let's not minimize that because it was also a different time and place. 275 innings, 292 innings. And then he had a stroke, which uh, was pointed out on Twitter today by somebody smarter than me. Could have been prevented in today's world but at the time it was not so, but if it had happened now it would not have happened and he probably would have gone on and uh, had a career that was fantastic member of the Astros Hall of Fame hey alright you are an Astros fan true or false true okay Deary, what uh, do you think of that I'm triggering Dodgers fans tonight with my World Series hat <laughs> I don't care I'm glad we have their old manager <laughs> yeah we love AJ Hinch here man yeah, we miss him. Fucking badass. Go Tigers. Man, the Tigers have smoked the Red Sox today. Just smoked their asses. The Red Sox are Red Sox are fucked. They don't have their pitching was never gonna hold up and we all just kinda thought it might, but it's over now, right, Deary? Oh, they're gonna depend way too much on Chris Sale. I think the free fall is gonna begin here, and I think I think the Rays are set up to take that division, and it's just gonna be whether or not how far the Red Sox fall and if they end up out of that wild card contention. But I mean, you can't rely on some of those arms that they have. It's just a bunch of retreads, guys that are young, or I mean their bullpen's good. Their bullpen's been pretty decent this year, but I was surprised they just didn't make moves at the deadline for any, you know, ace pitchers. They didn't go after anybody and yeah. To put all of that weight on sale when he comes back, he hasn't pitched in a year and a half. That's that's a lot to do. So uh, we'll see. It'll be it'll be interesting. It'll be really fun down the stretch here. Yeah. Hmm. All right. What about the Palazzo Invitational? People say. Well, uh, the trophy considerations are now closed, and I'm not going to lie. Again, me and Deary need to have a conversation about this. Like right away, we really do need to take care of this ASAP and get this trophy done. It will be done. Don't worry. But we're never going to lie to you on this show. We always keep it real. We tell the truth. We're genuine. And we still need to discuss how the trophy will look. But we'll get it done very, very soon. But in the meantime, it still looks like it's Richard Sands to lose. He's got a solid lead right now, dominating the pack. He's a smart dude. I mean, Russell, any chance uh, of a change here? I don't think so. I mean, I think I'm in eighth or ninth overall. And third in our league. I'm trying to chase Yancey down for second. And uh, I don't think anybody's going to catch the overall. I think Richard's got it. Yep. There it is. Yancey's in third. You're in ninth as of this moment with 404 overall points. Yancey's got 432. Or no, 444. And Richard's got 527. And his lead has never really shrunk. It's been the same for a while. So. Yeah. Uh, Richard Zytor's got 371. That's fun. Uh, oh, I'm a 33. All right. Yay. Look at me. <laughs> that's a big deal for me in this league. That's like a. <laughs> that's the highest you've been all year. <laughs> yeah, that's like as high as I can get, I think. Um, good God. Some other names of note. Uh, Mike Alexander from Razzball. He's 26. Mark Kiefer, 27th. 
And Deary, let's see what. Oh, Deary, you're up to 53. Nice what? job, dude. Yeah, look. Yeah. I haven't done anything. <laughs> well, you've done something because you're in 53rd right now. Mike Rings in 49th and Joel Fredericks in 48th. Those right. are Heartland friends of ours, by the way, Russell. So I'll go uh, meet up with all those guys and go to the bar and have a have a beer for our sad Palazzo pod, pod showing, invitational showing this year. Where's uh, Where's Paolo at? I was fighting Paolo for last for like months. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's all here. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's dead last. Don't worry. Oh. All hail Zytor, by the way. Patrick Ryan, friend of the show. Well done, Patrick. All hail Zytor. Yeah, Paul is in dead last, and he will be because he's at 63 and a half. He's way behind. <laughs> Do you know Steve Paulo, Russell? Just on Twitter. Good dude. He's a nice you Don't be. Don't judge him from this last place standing. Of course not. It's not cool. So. Okay, uh, yeah, so we're going to get that trophy going, though, and we're going to put Richard Sands' name on it, most likely. But, hey, if you win your league, you still win some money, so that's nice. Hopefully that works out. Uh, I'm I'm going to change it next year. I don't know if I want, I don't want to do a DC necessarily. Uh, I w- I'd like to do something different, but we kind of put this together at the last second. Yeah. Russell, what are your thoughts? As somebody who's a part of it, uh, would you be down with changing the league format? Yeah, sure. I, I love the Draft Champions format. It's I just... It rewards all the work that I do in the off season because I've got, you know, players ranked through a thousand. So when that draft begins, I know what I'm doing. Uh, but uh, I'll play whatever format you guys put together. You know, it's been a lot of fun. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know if I like DC or not. Uh, Deary, this is your first time playing it. Any thoughts? <laughs> I don't even know if I want to respond. I fucking hate it this year. I'm so it, pissed. Uh, I hate it. Basically it. takes it takes like three or four seasons to really figure out how to put the roster together. Yeah. Because it just yeah. totally yeah. fucks you in Huge all kinds struggle. of different ways. Huge struggle. Yeah, there's several <laughs> new people in this one, by the way, who've never done this format. That's what we have involved. We have people who are veterans, but there's a lot of new people. Yeah, it's just it's just that I've never played the format before. I I I I, I I think I thrive better with free agent pickups and trades yeah. and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Fuck you, dickhead. Right. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Jesus Christ, McGruber. What did I do, man? Come you, on. You switch it to a fab league. Yeah, every every Sunday I have to hide from my family in the bathroom for an hour to try and put my <laughs> fab bids in. It's just so hard to find time for that stuff. Yeah, family people, yeah. that's not cool. I get that. I get that angle. I do. I don't I don't necessarily want to make it a fab league. Um I don't know. I'll think about it. We'll take we, suggestions. We, we too. got some time. Plaza Podcast at ProtonMail.com or DM us Plaza Podcast. Oh, I haven't even said it once yet. I got so excited because Russell's here. Plaza Podcast on Twitter. Two L's, two Z's. Utah. Give me two. Of course, you know the drill on that. Give me two, Gary Busey. <sighs> All right. I'm excited for this show. I'm so excited. I got to calm down. Russell Withers is here. He's live with us on the Palazzo Podcast. Follow him on Twitter at Armchair Roto. It's one of the best handles on twitter uh, in fantasy baseball and fantasy in general because you play football too right russ i don't i stopped playing I fantasy football up, clearly. <laughs> i stopped playing fantasy football a long time ago you're a I smart man even, i couldn't even tell you who the first round picks are wow well i got that one wrong didn't i yeah <laughs> all right well let's get into leading off <laughs> Okay, uh, today in leading off, before we get to the catch of the day, uh, I wanted to debut a, a new song I did. Uh-oh. I haven't done a song in a yeah. Uh oh, here we go. <laughs> I haven't done a song in a while. 
So, uh, what do we I get? can't remember the last. What was the last song I did? With well, the gunk was over, I think. That was a crowded house tribute. Yes. Uh, that was a good one, though, right? Do you hear that one? That was good. That's solid. No, you've you've done some great work. I'd, I'd say everything has between been between like a seven and a ten this year. You've had some <laughs> some bangers for sure. Has uh, has Brian Presley's mom reached out to you? By the way, <laughs> no, not once. She, not she once. is a she is a great Twitter follow. I was like, you got to go listen to this song. I saw that. She didn't. Did she respond though? I didn't think I saw a response. So. so funny. She's probably like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> He's a psycho. Bullshit. Damn it. <laughs> I was really excited about that. Uh, either way, Russell, yes, Russell Presley. What if you were Russell Presley? Would that be cool? Russell. I guess so. That's not you, though. Ryan Presley, I tried to tag him. I've tried to tag Brady Singer when I wrote the Brady Bunch song. I tried to tag Mike Trout. I tried to tag everybody that I write a song or who's even mentioned in a song, and I've gotten no luck with that. So I don't know how you break through. I'm not cool enough, or they think I'm a weirdo, or they just probably get drowned out. In endless notifications. That's probably the case, right? That is bullshit! They just don't know you. They they don't know the musical mastermind that you are. Okay, well. Sorry. This is a little bit of a risky call on my part. Um, You know, it's sublime. (laughs) It's a really good song in real life. So some people might consider this to be blasphemy, but... We'll see how it goes. I want you guys to take a look. Take a listen. July 30th, 2021. There was chaos in the phones in front offices. You were stuck at work with your phone. While the rest of MLB grabbed a comp to own. First spot they hit was Miami. Oakland finally got a player that they can't afford. Rich Hill is old. Time to retire. And then the Mets turned their franchise into a dumpster fire. Next stop they hit was Toronto shot. It only took two prospects to score and cop. Finally, there's the dreaded CBA. Where do you think that baseball will be at in April or May? The Nats decided to unload everything. It dawned on LA that they had the earnings. So once again, Friedman reloaded for the fall. Since that day, another ring seems very reachable. But many baseball fans have had it up to here. It's getting harder and harder and harder each and every year. Some kids went to a game with their mother. I saw her when she left her wallet was empty. That's it there. That's it. I only went that far, so I didn't know how long to take that one. I thought it was a good time to cut it right there because I didn't know where else to take it. So that's it. It's going to be the let it burn is going to be real relevant with a CBA negotiations. <laughs> Although we don't want to let it burn. We want there to be a season. It's too. Mike, I love the song. It's one of my favorite Sublime songs. I think you Such did a, good song. a great job with that. But it's like, it's like, it's a little too serious. <laughs> Oh, is I, it need too more, I, need, I need some more joking in there. I need some more. Uh, some more I thought it hitters. was a joke. Everybody got a know, cup man. to own. I thought that was, it was funny. It was good. It was very good. I, Maybe I it ended it a, on a serious. The ending was too serious. I'll give it an eight, so. nine. Okay. I love that song too. And yeah, that's probably my favorite song by them. Yeah, it's hard to argue. I went down to Georgia last week and uh, I was listening to serious radio, which I never get to do because my mom has it. And they had this retrospective sublime self-titled Tour 25 last week, actually. 
came out on July 30th, 1996. Fantastic finish. Thank you. Thank you, Patrick. So I was like thinking a lot about that album. And <laughs> so I got back. I wanted to do a trade deadline offering. I The other, Russell, the other one I chose that I didn't end up doing was I was going to do I Will Remember You by Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> saying goodbye. Maybe that would have been funnier. I think you should still do it. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, then I'll try that one next. So I'm sure the Humane Society will reach out to you. And <laughs> yeah, you have to, yeah. Yeah, you have to make a music video for that one. Oh yeah. Crying. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There, there's there's some stuff in the hopper here. You can find, yeah, you can mean, find all the yeah. clips of like uh, Wilmer Flores crying when he got traded. Oh, remember stuff. that? Yes, Russell. This is why we have you on, Russell. What year was that? That was uh, 2015. Yeah. That was the year they went to the World Series. He didn't get yeah. traded. Then he ended up being on the World Series team. Wait, they that lost. was that long ago? Six years ago, yes. I was going to say it was 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. The Mets were already shitty by then, I assume. Yeah. Because they're always shitty. Anyways, uh, let's get to the catch of the day. Good. Our first catch of the day. All right, Russell. I assume you typed this in. Brandon Lau. Oh, I did. You excited? Yeah, you know, I wanted to talk about Brandon Lau. I've always... The last few years, I've just had this kind of infatuation with him. And then between uh, in the winter after the 2020 season heading into this year, I got real excited because I looked at a few things. And I think I think Chris and I talked about this on, on Twitter a little bit. From 19 to 20, he maintained this 270-ish batting average despite this huge swing in Babbitt. And I thought, okay, here we go. New floor. He's exploding with growth all over the place. And so I wrote this article over the winter predicting just this, this huge breakout in, in, uh, in his first non-bozo full-length season. <laughs> and, uh, and the first half of the season, although the counting stats have been there, the power has been there, the batting average has just been horrible. I mean, it's been below 200 most of the season. And, um, you know, I'm still starting him in a lot of places because of the counting stats but had kind of given up on, on the batting average. And I thought maybe I was just wrong about all that, a little too generous. And then uh, our buddy Yancey tweeted something the other day that made me think about it again. And he listed out Lau's batting average splits uh, month to month. And I've, I've got it written here. So Lau hit 182 in April, 196 in May, 241 in June, 288 in July. And so Lau is just... He's building up to something. He's red hot right now. He's leading off most of the time. He's playing every day. And when it's all said and done this season, I mean, you know, he's looking at 35 home runs. and He could maybe get that batting average up to 235, 240, and, uh, you know, could end up, you know, being pretty pretty close to, to what we had hoped for last winter. Fuck yeah, I love it. I drafted him in my main event team. And he dropped a lot because at the time people were just not buying it, I guess. All the super studs in my main event league. No, Brandon Law, I'm not buying him. But he's been a bright spot for my team. That's very average, a very, very average team. Not terrible, yeah. just average. I mean, his his contact isn't great, but 67.6, that's the best of his career. And uh, he's he's been doing it uh, despite bad contact. He's got his career best walk rate. Uh, and all of his other underlying metrics, the Statcast stuff, it all looks perfectly in line with what he's done in the past. So uh, I think he's going to have a real strong finish. And I hope the first half batting average uh, dings him enough next season for me to get him at a, at a reasonable price and buy all back in again. 
Uh, you know how it is, though. He finishes strong. That's how people remember it. So that's the problem, oh, yeah. right? People get so crazy about September. They do. I like when people just kind of get up in people's grills and they point out all their faults and say, We're going to get all in your face and point out your faults. Yeah. Remember the faults, people. Don't remember the good times with Brandon Lau, so it'll be cheaper for Russell next season. Please. Let's do Russell Please. solid. Uh, Deary, any comments on Mr. Lau? Yeah, I mean, he's probably going to end up having this amazing last two months as the Rays go ahead and try to win that division. Uh, he's been terrible against left-handers all year, but uh, you know, in his last like seventy-six or seventy-seven at bats, he's batting like two sixty. He's got 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 some power, obviously. It's hard to find an average in this league, especially when you have those counting stats of home runs and RBIs and runs. It's really hard to find a guy who's going to be able to do everything. So I don't think many people expected him to be a 300 hitter. And I think, you know, by the end of the year, 240, 245 would be respectable because he's going to hit 30 home runs. And I think he's going to pile on with a bunch of runs and RBIs here because I think the Rays are going to go on a real nice run. So it's been nice to see what he's done, uh, specifically in July. Uh, His walk rate's been pretty consistent all year long if you can just cut down on those strikeouts and uh continue to put the ball out of the park uh build that batting average up a little bit he's probably going to end up in that same spot that everybody drafted him this year because he's going to finish strong let me ask you guys two quick questions here these are both offered to me privately we're on the hey it's rico palazzo fantasy baseball podcast you can email show palazzo podcast at protonmail.com or you can dm us palazzo podcast on twitter two l's two z's or you Utah. can Give me DM two. me privately at MJ Govier, GOVs and Victor IER. Would you rather have rest of season in a head-to-head cats? Head-to-head cats. Karinchik, Class A, Gallegos, or McHugh? I assume not McHugh because he's been hurt. But uh, Russell, I'll go to you first. Karinchak, Class A, Gallegos, or McHugh, rest of season, if you had one. Head-to-head cats. I don't even I don't know. The only, the only of those players that I actually own on teams are, uh, are is McHugh. Uh, just because he's he's been a, an easy to add filler, um, I sort of avoided the Class A Karinchak situation. Mm-hmm. Um, Gallegos, he's looking for something to keep his ratio solid. So Gallegos has been pretty consistent most of the year. He got crushed yesterday or the day before. I can't remember what it was, but oh, see, I just opened my mouth. Okay, well, I didn't know that. Uh, I, just, I guess I guess Class A. Which one of them is getting the saves right now? I don't even know. He cares about ratios, though. If you look at it from a ratio point of view, then go with your ratio guy. I think Karen well, Jack can walk people, but he can strike the shit out of people. If, it, if it's ratios, I'm sticking with McHugh. He's about to come back. He says he's his shoulder feels totally fine and has felt fine since he went on the DL. Oh. Uh, excuse me, the IL. I still can't uh-huh. do that. The IL, you know, he's pitching two or three innings at a time and striking a ton of guys out. Oh, no, he was amazing. He was amazing. Me and Eric Cross picked him up in our tag team league even, and he was great for our ratios, but we dropped him when he got hurt because we just didn't think he would return quickly. But this is a, f- a little bit of a quicker turnaround than I expected. Deary, what about you? You're looking just ratios here? Nothing to do with saves, nothing to do with holds or anything like just that? Just keeping the ratios real. Gallegos, Karinczak, Class A, McHugh. I mean, McHugh's coming back from shoulder issues. I, I have him in an IL spot, too, in a league where – you know, I have Caper Nine and holds and all that stuff, so I, I am going to hold on to him just in case he comes back. I mean, it's probably going to be Class A for me, just because Karen Check has that ability to just have the blow up innings with that walk rate. The walk rate is higher than it was last year. Strikeout rate is nice, thirteen point six nine Ks per nine. Uh, 
Gallegos, if he can get enough chances, uh, I, I do like his ratios the best. But I think it's Class A. Class A has been really solid throughout the year. Uh, ERA under two. I think he's got 13, 14 saves, uh, similar to Karen Chek, who I, I think has double-digit saves as well. Um, my only concern with Class A and Karen Chek is just how many innings are they going to throw them near the end of the year? Neither of these guys have thrown a ton of the innings throughout the minors or in the majors because they've both only been up a couple of years now. Um but, I mean, it's a good one-two punch that Cleveland has. I, I don't think you can go wrong with either, but I think if you're going to pick one out of the three, I would probably go with Class A. Oh, bye. Okay, next one here. This is from – that was from KP, by the way. KP has been a regular listener and follower of the show all year long. He's asked me a billion questions this year, so that's cool. Kalen Prescott, we love you. Next one's from Bo. Bo wants to know, rest of season, redraft only. Redraft only, very important. Kelnick, Adele. Keyboom, Deary, go to you first. Kelnick, Adele, Keyboom, redraft right now. It's Kelnick. It's Kelnick. He hit another home run today. He's starting to heat up a little bit. I, I read something the other day. He kind of went back to the swing that he he built up through the minors, uh, and he's just starting to heat up for the for the Mariners. And this Mariners team is like really fighting. It's it's amazing that they go ahead and they trade Graveman, and then somehow they acquire Castillo. Like, what a weird trade deadline move that one that one ended up being. But. I mean, since Kelnick's been back up, he, he's been able to contribute a few home runs. He's had a couple multi-hit games. He's a five-cat guy if the batting average is there and you can stay away from strikeouts. And he's going to get every opportunity. He's going to bat in the middle of that lineup. So I think it's going to be Kelnick, and I think he's he's going to show a lot of why he is one of the top prospects in baseball over these final two months. So I'll go with Jared Kelnick. Excellent. Well said. Russell, do you differ no, I'm going to agree with Chris. It's it's Kelnick, but uh, but I just want to take the opportunity to talk about Carter Keyboom for a second because I do believe in in, in what he's doing. Um, I have I have felt like he has never really gotten a, a fair shake in the majors. I mean, the the couple of times that he was brought up before, the lineup was was stacked. It was so crowded, and he wasn't getting everyday playing time. And I always just felt like if he could just be in the lineup every day know he's in the lineup every day and get a groove going that uh, that he would start to put something together. And since he, since he got called back up, what, what was it like a week ago? I mean, he's doing things too. He's got a couple of home runs and uh, I think, I think he's the real deal. I think people have given up on him too fast and um, I think he's going to be a really good buy next year and could have a pretty decent end of season. Yeah, I'm a key boom believer. I've never given up. I never will give up. I drafted him in a couple DCs, so hoping to get a kind of end-of-season push from him here. Thank you, Mr. Keyboom. Never give up, Carter. You're a good man. But I'd be lying if I said your career was not a disappointment so far. That's true. But it's not over, right, Russell? It's just starting. Yeah. We've only just begun to live. All right. Let's get into who's coming back. Who's on the mend? Right now, if you're listening to the podcast version, you're hearing Mark Morrison, uh, Return of the Mac. You love Return of the Mac or what, man? Is that a great club banger from the late 90s, Russell? You know, I probably jumped around to it at middle school dances. <laughs> Middle school dances. How, old, how young when, are you? When, when did that come out? I'm uh, 39. Oh, yeah. You were in high school. Dude. We were in it high came school. Out 97. Yeah. 97. Well, I was probably doing things I shouldn't be doing while I was listening to that, I guess. 
Well, at least you learned from them and became a fine family man. See, wherever yes, high school you yes. went to should be proud of you. Your high school oh. should be <laughs> All my dumb mistakes made you the man I am today. <laughs> uh, also, I want to mention the earlier tweet about J.R. Richard. That was from Matt Kovac. At Sid Finch, by the way. Does anyone know who Sid Finch is? Sounds like an agent. Sid Finch doesn't ring a bell for either one of you? No. No. Oh, well, Sid Finch was the legendary SI cover guy that was an April Fool's prank. They said he could throw like 140 miles an hour. Oh. You remember that? <laughs> what? I don't remember this. I don't, yeah, I he was, don't remember that either. He was a Mets phenom, supposed. So this is back before the internet, guys. Before the internet. In a magazine called Sports Illustrated, which was a reputable sports magazine. So they sure. printed this article about Sid Finch. He was barefoot and he threw 140 miles an hour. <laughs> so people believed it because it was in Sports Illustrated. They didn't they weren't known as a goof mag. But Oh, it's an April Fool's joke, is what you said? Yeah, it ended up being an uh, April Fool's joke. That's too bad. Sid Finch. The classic Sid Finch. I remember learning about that in the 90s for some reason. Because I think it actually came out in the 80s, if uh, memory serves properly. But that's who Sid Finch is. Very cool. Anyways, thank you to Mr. Kovac for the wonderful, wonderful flashback on J.R. Richard and a tribute to J.R. Richard. Yeah, Sid Finch article came out in 1985, so that was a long time ago. <laughs> I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> Sid like Finch, part years. yogi, part recluse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a, it was real. It was mind-blowing back then. Anyway, uh, we got people on the mend and called up. Joe Adele's called up. We just talked about him. We actually didn't talk about him. He was offered in a question, but nobody said anything. Joe Adele, rest of season. Russell, you excited? Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, <why not? laughs> well, I mean, look, he's the kind of player you need to add if you're looking to catch lightning in a bottle and you need a bunch of – need to make a big, uh, a big push. Uh, if I'm in the lead, I don't know that I'd be adding him. Uh, you know, he made me look stupid on that first call up because I had been tweeting out during uh, the early part of this season, like, oh, you know, I think it, in June I tweeted out that the strikeout rate at AAA is worse than it was in 2019. And then I, I followed it up in July. So it's not getting any better. You know, I think I'm out this season in redrafts. Um, so, you know, he came up and hit a home run, and stole a base, and just made me look like a fool. But uh, you know it's hard not to get excited about a player like that. If you if you need something to happen, you got to add him. You can't even think about it. Matt, I thought George Plimpton wrote the article, but I didn't say it. Thank you for verifying it. George Plimpton wrote the article on Sid Finch, the classic paper lion from our local area, dearie. George Plimpton. That's right. He also was a paper lion. He was a fake lion, or he was a real lion. I don't know. I'm not that old. I remember the stories when I was younger, but I don't. But I do remember George Plimpton in Will Hunting being <laughs> oh, this preposterous. He basically uh, felt that he was being come on to, which uh, kind of homophobic in its post 90s look now. But whatever. Uh, it was a movie and it happened. George Plimpton was a great writer. He's dead, though. He no longer exists. Deary, Joe Adele. You excited rest of season? Yeah, you know, it's too bad that he came up last year in 2020, like, and and his 132 plate appearances just looked absolutely awful, 41% uh, K percentage. But, you know, L.A. did the right thing. They they kept him in AAA this, this year, was able to get 339 plate appearances, and the power's there, a little bit of speed with eight stolen bases. And sure, that K percentage at 29% isn't great, but it's better than what it's been in previous seasons in the minors. So I wouldn't get 
overly anxious about about quickly going out and adding him. But hey, if you need a spot in the outfield where you can get a few counting stats, specifically those stolen bases, what amazes me is this guy's this guy this guy's high BABIP has been incredible all the way through the minors. He was three fifty one this year uh, in the minors at Triple A. And you look at some of these other seasons, uh, you know, obviously anywhere from 150 to 180 uh, plate appearances, he's anywhere from like 360 to 400 for a BABIP. So when this guy hits the ball, it's going somewhere where there isn't somebody to catch it. So uh, it's good to see that the Angels are bringing, you know, him and you got Marsh, uh, you know, with with Walsh on the on the IL right now. We're going to see some of these young guys for L.A. and uh, they're going to regroup next year and try to go after that division. These injuries this year have absolutely destroyed them. Rendon being out the full season really, really sucks. Trout yeah. being injured and Otani's putting up this amazing season. It's going to be for nothing because they're not even going to be able to compete here in the West or make the playoffs. That is so fetch. Yep, that's it. Rendon's bye-bye. That was uh, broke this week. So long. Cole Hamels is a Dodger now, and he's going to be a part of the Dodgers' plans. He got a million bucks. Russell, do you care about picking up Cole Hamels in any type of league? Uh, maybe for a spot start if I'm way behind in my innings pace or my starts pace, and they're playing a garbage team. But other than that, probably not. <laughs> Cole Hamels, man. Hanging on. I'm not expecting much. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if he was like a playoff contributor. He hasn't pitched all year. He's been chilling. It'd be interesting to see if that develops, but rest of season-wise, eh, not so much, yeah. Uh, Chris Dale, we talk about forever and ever. He's still slowly coming back. He's in AAA now, and he's up to 81 pitches, at least at his last start. Talked about that on Monday with Dr. David Meyer in our weekly injury segment, which you can catch every Monday, Dr. David Meyer. And then we also do the Prospects of Palooza every Monday with Phil Goyette. Phil knows his prospects. He's an excellent dude, too, like above-average human being, which is a good thing. Jack Flaherty's on the men. Luis Severino's on the men. Brewster Gratterall got called back up. Yada, yada, yada. Ian Anderson's close to getting ready to go. And Luke Voigt, uh, I think, should be up with the Yankees maybe by the end of the week. Uh, what, anybody got an update on that one? Voigt, yeah, it looks like he's coming back soon. That's going to be an interesting lineup situation. Hey, where's he going to play? Yeah. Is he just going to uh, face lefties off the bench? Uh, I mean, they picked up yeah, Rizzo. I mean, you got Stanton at DH. I, I don't think Voigt can play anywhere else. I didn't they think about Stanton that. back in the outfield. He's, you know, what? Like he's hurt again. Yeah. yeah. That's a great point, Deary. I didn't think about this. Getting but, Rizzo. Yeah, you scooped up Gallo and Rizzo, so I just I, I don't know what you're going to do. Even if you put Stanton into the outfield, I mean, that means probably Gallo's sitting. But, I mean, you know the Yankees. One of these guys is going to get injured in the next week or so, so it'll all work itself out. Yeah, they've had too many injuries that have – Messed up the season, so they're like, who cares? Let's just get all this talent, and someone's going to get hurt, and it'll work itself out. I will tell you this. Again, Dr. David Meyer, he worked with Luke Voigt in the Cardinal systems because Luke Voigt was in the Cardinal system back in the day. He said Luke Voigt was a very – he had really good things to say. Tenacious worker, Hmm. will not give up, a real grinder, loves the game. So that helps you in your desire to acquire Luke Voigt in Dynasty or just in even, you know, for this purpose as for redraft. I, I trust David's opinion, so just want to share that with you. Uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's Return of the Mac. Does that ring a bell? Does that ring a bell, Russell? Any of that? It does. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Uh, Whatever, motherfucker. Yeah. yeah that's... Summer of '97 was a great time. Mm, yeah. God, I remember. Uh, yeah, that girl. She was cool. 
Did she drive a anyway. Ford Ranger? <laughs> no. A lot of girls drove Ford Rangers when I was in high school. Very interesting. I thought they drove Ford Explorers, the Eddie Bauer editions, though. No, That's that was like a few years after us, once uh, once Mommy and Daddy started buying cars for their kids. I had a girl in my class. She drove a Ford Explorer, Betty Bauer version. We all had piece of shit cars in high school. I, I knew a girl really well who had a Ford Explorer, Eddie Bauer. Yes, <laughs> thank Eddie you. Eddie Bauer edition. What made it an Eddie Bauer edition? Like, what was like the interior? Or something? I don't know. I, I never it. understood. I, drew, I drove an 85 Suburban in high school. 85 Suburban. That's a fucking hog right there. Those back windows where the whole back window came down. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Forgot about that. Damn, that must have guzzled gas like a son of a bitch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's not easy. I had uh, two Cavaliers, a Ford Tempo, a Cutlass Sierra, and that was pretty much it. I went through all those cars. None of them worked. Oh, in high school? Yeah. This this is one lemon after another. They were all sold to me by friends. The parents of friends. Yeah, yeah, let's try that friend. Let's try that friend. No? Yeah, didn't work out. I had a Dodge Shadow, and if you turned the car too hard, the driver's side door would open, so you had to hold onto the door really, really hard when you turned. Cool. Now, that's a cool car right there. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. All right, this is the Ed Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast presented by RotoFanatic.com. Russell Withers is our guest. Russell is one of the... He is. He's like... He's like Mr. Palazzo to me. He does so many funny, fun things related to the show that bring so many laughs, like legitimate laughs I've had with the gifts. <laughs> and he's got a great sense of humor. Follow him at, at Armchair Roto. He knows baseball really, really well. He puts tons of work in the offseason, as he said. And see Deary1999, MJ Govier on Twitter. Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. Palazzo Podcast on Twitter. Two two Z's. Utah, give me two. All right. You waited for it, Russell. Let's do it. It's time to get into Enrico's Inquisition. Are you ready? I think so. Here we go. Yes, I'm ready. Would you prefer to deal with a manipulative person or a callous person? Wow, this is deep. Deep into my psyche. Alan Trammell or Lou Whitaker? Oh, I knew you were going to hit me with that. The 1988 Dodgers or the 2020 Dodgers? Oh, the 1988 by far it was the happiest moment like of my sports life that was my first gut moment get ready for some doozies because it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show enrico's inquisition (laughs) all right russell withers in enrico's inquisition Russell, one thing I don't really know about you. Yeah, what are your musical tastes? What kind of musical artists bring you? Or make you depressed. You can tell us about the downer shit, too. How did you know where to start? Um, I listen to listen to whatever my kids are listening to these days, honestly. Oh, um, Olivia yeah. Rodrigo? Yeah, they like that album. Um, That's a banger. They, Blowing up. Yeah, they like the new Justin Bieber a lot. We listen to a lot of that. Um, yeah, I know. There a new, there's a new one? <laughs> I think it's a few months old. But, uh, yeah. I know. I'm like so out of touch with, with what modern music is. I can't really? even tell you. Yeah. Hmm, I don't listen know what. To old, listen to a lot of old stuff. I grew up listening, you know, to a lot of rock music, and in the nineties, you know, my buddies and I all listened to rap, and you know, all the all the Death Row, Bad Boy stuff, like anything on Death Row records. 
we were listening to, uh, you know, by the Eminem, Radiohead, Pearl Jam, all that stuff. I uh, listened to a lot of electronic music in the, in the 2000s. Darude? Uh, Sandstorm? No, God, no. <laughs> Never ending uh, song. Yeah, jeez, I just fixed a lot of jump off a bridge. Oh, we don't want that. Yeah, electronic music, a lot of like uh, breakbeat stuff, drum and bass, that kind of stuff. Chemical Brothers? Oh, I love Chemical Brothers. Yeah. Oh. God, I haven't thought of them in a long time. Yeah, I don't remember who. Uh, somebody tweeted out like, like your two favorite albums from the year that you were 13, and the Chemical Brothers "Come with Us" was was uh, one of the ones I put out. Wow, that was just total guess on my part. But that was yeah. lucky, lucky guess. Cool. But you did say electronic music, so I don't know. Yeah, oh. Chemical Brothers, Orbital, Prodigy, Crystal Method. Oh yeah. That Fat of the Land album that came out when we were like 17. Sometimes I put it on for my kids and they're like, (laughs) Oh, they don't like it? Come on, kids. Have some fun. Smack your bitch up. Yeah, there was that time in like 97, 97, 98. Every one of those bands like got huge and they were being played on like alternative rock stations and like rock stations where it was, yeah, the Crystal Method, Prodigy, Chemical Brothers. Like I had all those albums too. Mm Yeah, I never did any of that. I remember them, but I never engaged further beyond the radio. That was my personal choice. That's okay. That's uh, not my fault. It's not your fault. Um, I think about all the things that you could do in this world. Why don't you sell me on having kids? Oh, it's. I mean, it's the best. Look, it's really hard. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie about that. And I have. I have four kids. I mean, we're. My wife and I are totally insane. Uh, <laughs> we we were never gonna have four. And then we had our we had our son, and uh, he was so sweet when he was a baby. And we thought, well, we'll have we'll have one more. And now he's just this terror. So my kids are my kids are seven, five, two, and two months. We just had uh, we just had one this summer, and. Uh, um, you know, it's great. You get to experience all of their first time things with everything. They discover things and, you know, you get through this stage where you're just trying to keep them alive. And then all of a sudden you wake <laughs> up one morning, you wake up one morning and they're like little people and they have these, their own thoughts and ideas about things and they say the weirdest shit. And you're just like, I can't believe you thought of that. It's amazing. Kids are just, uh, I love my kids so much. They make me so happy, and uh, I, I couldn't I couldn't uh, imagine uh, not being surrounded by this many little kids the way that I am. You better lock it's it wonderful. up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. <laughs> lock it up. Deary, what do you We're think of that? We're not having anymore. <laughs> four kids. I mean, four kids at those ages. That's that's. <laughs> I commend you, sir. That's that's a yeah, lot to take like, on. 15 minutes before this show began, it was like getting everyone to bed is mental warfare, man. It's crazy. Mother of God. That's yeah. intense. Good for you, man. If that's what makes you happy and brings you joy, I'm all for it. You sold it pretty well. I will say that. Uh, I you know, I think they cost money, too. That's the other thing. Oh, pricey. But that's why you got to be preparing yourself financially if you're going to have kids. I always say this, that you know, the big mistakes are when people have kids and they didn't plan for it and they didn't have any preparation in terms of money first. 
But then, like, the mental preparation of doing it, it, it just creates a lot of issues, and I, I actually think it's a big problem in the country, in the world, frankly. But not having kids, just not being prepared for the momentous responsibility. As, you know, as everybody said, you've heard it a million times, you need a license to do anything, but you don't need a license to be a parent. So, and that's that true. is what I think about. That's, Everyone that's should my... reference the uh, the opening sequence in Idiocracy. It's true. <laughs> oh God, that's so good. Hey, we go family style on her, man. <laughs> uh, maybe later. <laughs> the movie's so funny. We don't have enough drops from Idiocracy. I need to change that because uh, there are so many. I did download a bunch of stuff. I just didn't have a chance to chop it up. But uh, I think I got uh, Carl's Jr. Fuck you. I'm eating. Um, nice. My my son has a Brondo the Thirst Mutilator T-shirt. <laughs> I put him in it as often as I can. It, it's it's he's obviously never seen it. <laughs> of course, yeah. it's his favorite movie. <laughs> it's got electrolytes. That's exactly what it has. Uh, it's what plants crave too, by the way. Right. In case you didn't know that. All right, we're inside of Rico's Inquisition here with Russell Withers. Uh, so far, so good. Not too difficult. But that was a good quality response from him. I'll give him credit like that. That one is long gone. No, Ernie, it's not. He did a great job. Uh, we do this one, you know, the curveball, the changeup, or the slider. This is your chance, Russell. Which one is your favorite pitch? Let's go with curveball. I like a big honking 12-6 curveball. Uh, you know, big fan of Lance McCullers curve. Not throwing it as much this year, but... Uh, He's getting pretty good results, though. He is. He's got a, a much more even pitch mix this year. He's doing a lot better. Hmm. Were you in on uh, McCullers coming into the season? Yeah. From a fantasy perspective? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Because uh, Vlad Sedler was, too. Uh, we talked with Rotosaurus guys earlier in the year. Remember that, Deary? We had Dave and Jake on from the Rotosaurus, the High Stakes Heat podcast, our Cleveland brethren here in the Rust Belt. That's right. And Jake agreed with me that colors was trash so i kind of bought into it more when jake told me that and uh, i kind of regret it now uh, well i mean the the injury history is scary um it is you know that's the deal with a lot of pitchers that is the deal pitchers are a injury waiting to happen we all know the truth on that one but you know some pitchers are able to take care of themselves. I learned, again, I hate to bring it up again, but I don't hate to bring it up at all. I love it. I love talking with Dr. David Meyer. On Monday, he said Adam Wainwright rarely throws. Even to this day, he doesn't throw hardly at all in between starts. Isn't that amazing? That's like uh, Otani not taking batting practice. Ever. Yeah. You're like, you right. wonder, is that, tr- is that true? Can that be true? Right. Yeah. Uh, like, Deary, didn't that blow your mind? Like, Wainwright not throwing much. He's still striking out seven guys, eight guys in outings to this day. He's, he's very old. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not a major league pitcher, but I'm sure it's all routine with these guys. Uh, I mean, when I pitched back in high school, obviously this is massively different, but I hated warming up before, like, the game's like, all right, go to the outfield, throw 35, 40 pitches. I'm like, what? I'd go out there, throw, like, five pitches, and be like, all right, let's start the game. I'm ready to throw. Mm-hmm. And you <laughs> and- want me to change? Fuck you! I think Wainwright's old enough to have his routine down. <laughs> yes, he Experienced not... enough. I don't mean to insult the man. I remember, I, I remember the first time I heard that people like threw in between starts. I mean, this was like a decade and a half ago, but I was like so confused by it. I'm like, what? Why, why are they doing this? They're throwing more pitches in between starts? I mean, maybe guys' careers would last a little longer. They'd stay away from injuries if they threw less. But maybe because they do throw more it helps their arm out i i don't know i i'm not a 
pro in kinesiology or sports science or anything like that. Oh, you're not. By the well, way, you're such a longtime Astros fan, I assume, Russell, that you remember when Adam Wainwright was like a rival of your team. I do. The, uh, the NL Central days, huh? Yeah, that was the well, thing. I, I mean, remember those days well. So World really Series in 05. The Cardinals went in 06, and Wainwright came up and was a big factor in beating our Tigers that year in the yep. 06 World Series, which totally sucked. Those, Go Tigers! Those 04-05 teams were a ton of fun. The Royals, Waltz, that was mine. He was my favorite player of that era. Roger Clemens and Pettit. It was a lot of fun. Russell, did you know Roy Oswald, favorite player of that era? Do you know that our intro song to the podcast is about Roy Oswald? I was at that game. You so were? World, World Series Game 3. Yeah. I, uh, I heard you talking about it on a show a long time ago, and I was like, I was at that fucking game. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, we, we've waited our whole lives for the Astros to get, to get into the World Series. And uh, once they started getting in, and uh, 05 was the first year they even made it. And yeah. uh, my, my older brother and I have been to a game every time they've been in the World Series. Yes, and, uh, uh, he should have been pulled, that, but uh, that they game went uh, 13 innings, and uh, we lost on a Jeff Bl- ex Astro Jeff Blum walk off ah. on him. Fucking Jeff Blum, can you believe it? Is that Jeff with the G? Yes. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Uh, F too. Yeah, Jeff with the G and an F on the middle part of the name, which is fascinating. Jeffrey Blum, Houston Astros, lost to the he's, Chicago White Sox, who hadn't won since a, you know Okay, cool. Yeah, my buddy just wrote that song when he was living in Oklahoma City. He was watching the World Series and he decided to write a song about. (laughs) I don't don't know why. I guess are the Astros. Maybe the Astros are the team of some people who live in Oklahoma City. I don't know. It's possible. I mean, they could. Close to the Rangers, but yeah, nobody wants to be a Rangers fan back then. They were lame until they went to two World Series in a row in 2010 and 11. Also lost to the Cardinals. The Rangers are lame. Those Rangers teams were fun, though, man. I really like those teams. I hate. I don't deny that at all. Josh Hamilton, Ian yep. Kinsler, Michael Young. Michael Young. Their pitching was shit. I don't know how they did it with the pitching they had, um, but their hitting was, their hitters were pretty good. Was he on those teams? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't like Nelson yeah. Cruz though, so that's why I didn't say his name. But he was oh, on that oh, team because, sorry. well, he fucked the Tigers, you know. So he's just the a tiger year. killer. That year on the 2011 team in the ALCS, which I've mentioned a few times. So. Go Tigers! I don't, I don't even remember that ALCS anymore because it just went by so fast. Well, I actually went to. It was the only playoff game I've ever been to, so that's why I remember it. I was uh, sitting on the fir- uh, third base side there, Comerica Park. There was a rain delay. The game was delayed two hours before it ever started. Well, that sucked. Then the game finally started, and uh, Brandon Inge hit a tying home run late in the game. Fucking Brandon Inge of all people, and then. Nelson Cruz and extra innings put it away. Anyways, this second is not supposed to be about baseball. It's too much baseball talk. Okay, way too much. J.R. Richard, by the way, he had a good breaking ball, and he's deserving of being mentioned on the show going forward. And every time we bring up that segment, I'm going to bring up J.R. Richard more often. Uh, would you rather sit in a sauna or a steam room? What's the difference? I don't think I know the difference. <laughs> well... Mike. One, one's a sauna. It's a dry heat. It's a hot dry heat, and then the steam oh. room is, you know, steam. Oh, steam for sure. Well, yeah. some people like a sauna. You sweat it out in there, you know. It's like, woo. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Come on! I've never been in a steam room. Like a I don't Turkish bath. Oh, no. I like a hot tub every once in a while. Hot tub. Get in a tub. Yeah, sure. We all do. We all love a hot tub, but I didn't ask that. Whatever, motherfucker! All right, fine. Fuck off. Hot uh, tubs are gross. Hot tubs can be gross. Uh, you really want to have a lockdown on whose hot tub it is, where is it from. Uh, Who's yeah. getting in there with you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true, too. You usually want to know who you're getting into a hot tub with regardless, but definitely know where you're going first. And if you don't own it, consider not going into it. Hotels? Ew, those are gross. Those are the worst. Uh, would you rather get flu or shingles? Uh, probably the flu. Well, the flu's the only one I've had, but I've seen people get the shingles, and that can manifest itself in difficult ways. Tony the Russa got the shingles once. It was really gross. So did you, Remember that? <laughs> I thought I did. Yeah, I, I may have panicked on that one. Wait, uh, you didn't? No, I don't think I did. I remember you hanging on the couch, you're like, I have the shingles, leave me alone. <laughs> We were living together. I was like 27 years old. There's no, I mean, it was, from what I gather about the shingles, I definitely didn't have it. Um, I don't, I think I was misdiagnosed at the shitty university clinic too. Because the shingles is a very painful, Russell's right. He's he's right to choose the flu because the shingles can be very, very painful. Shingles like nerve last, pain. Last a long time too. Yeah, that, Tony Rosa really had this like. Up. Blown out like face with the shingles during the 03 season or something. He looked a fucking great. Look it up. Google it on the internet if you're listening to this. Check out Tony the Rooster with the shingles. It's not a pretty <laughs> picture. So, in fact, I kind of want to show you guys now because keep going. I'm gonna look it up. Yeah. <laughs> We're, we both are looking it up right now. Oh my god. Yeah, there it is. Look at that. It looks I like sloth. I oh, doesn't like sloth from the Goonies. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> That is intense, uh, yeah. That's rough. <laughs> Look at that, man. Oh, my that's, God. That is painful. Look at this one. I think that's Amazing. what it looked like when you got that DUI over the sun, over the winter. <laughs> nobody likes Tony Russo anymore either, so nobody feels bad for him. Like, Everybody's okay. ripping on him running out the other day, running to home plate. <laughs> so funny. Oh my god, yeah, that's a... Uh, Sweet Jesus, what happened to Larissa's face? That was a bad stretch for him. Tell me, look at that. Ugh. Poor bastard. You're If you're on the podcast version, make sure you look it up because you're missing out right now. Uh, okay, I'll leave that be. All right, we're talking with Russell Withers, and in, hey, it's Rico Plot. Yeah, Patrick Ryan's puking right now. Sorry, Patrick, didn't mean to make you throw up. Russell Withers inside of Rico's Inquisition here on the Hey, it's Rico Plot Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Woohoo! All right. I think we're going to move on from this segment now after the ruse of sadness. Um, what's a better movie? Titanic or One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? Cuckoo's Nest. All right. Uh, what's a better movie? <laughs> Titanic or Sleeping with the Enemy? I remember sleeping with the enemy. So I'll go Titanic. People hate on Titanic. It's not a terrible movie. I mean, it's stupid, but it's fine. It's James Cameron. It's fun. Mike, is sleeping with the enemy that Julia Roberts one, where she's in that abusive relationship and she fakes her drowning? That movie's fucking great. Oh, wow. See? 
That's a strong also, recommendation, Russell. You're going to have to add that to the Plex and collection. I am not, and I'm not a Julia Roberts fan, but I remember oh. watching that movie a lot as a teenager. I'll go check it out. I don't remember it. Sounds like a new addition. Woohoo! Wow. Uh, so- no hope comes <laughs> to Frogtown, I gather. But... <laughs> no. That was funny. That's from the Cinema 9 Podcast. If you like movies, check out the Cinema 9 Podcast. I hear it's good. Um... <laughs> uh, Okay, so you like James Cameron, then that's cool. Uh, what's a better movie, True Lies or Avatar? True Lies. Good call. Good call. I can't we believe need... Avatar is the highest grossing movie of all time. I don't even remember it. <laughs> I never saw it. <laughs> Neither did I. I never saw it either. <laughs> right? Totally forgettable. True Why Lies are they making like good. five more of them? I don't know. Somebody must. Money. Somebody must be forcing him to do it. Yeah. Oh, he's been working on this for years already. I don't even know what's going on anymore. But you're right. True Lies is a great movie. It, I think it holds up. If I brought it to the table on Cinema 9, it would hold up. It's a fun. It's funny. Tom Arnold's actually, it's the one one of the few Tom Arnold's roles where I can be like, oh, he's funny in this. Well, yeah, he always plays himself, but he's funny in True Lies. He always plays himself. Yes, he does. Now, I'm not going to argue with that one at all. So. Uh, <laughs> who, who's a better stand-up comic, uh, Elaine Boozler or Roseanne Barr? I don't know who Elaine Boozler is. Who's that? <laughs> is she a real names. person? Do you know who that you is? Don't Come on, no. Gary. You know you don't. You guys, nobody remembers. I'm looking this her up. Like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. She got that the big hair. Yeah, she had the oh, nose. Yeah. You know the big schnoz, and yeah, she her. was a stand-up comedian. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, Elaine Boozler. Oh, I don't know. I, uh, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Roseanne, I guess. We were like seven when Boozler was a thing. Oh, come on, guys. Check this out. Look at this hair. Isn't that awful? <laughs> that is, I mean, she looked different. What she, she look really... like now? This is what she oh, looks wow. like now. Yeah. It's stranger hair. Look at that nose, though. That nose was legendary. And she actually looks like she got a nose job here. It got smaller. What the fuck? Okay, I'm going to well. look up the latest Boozler comedy album and go to sleep listening to it. <laughs> Paula Poundstone or Elaine Booth? No, I'm just kidding. I'm not gonna... <laughs> okay. Well, Russell loves movies, so I was trying to throw out a few this or that's for movies. He's a huge movie buff. He definitely loves movies. There's no doubt about it. Trust me, I know. Uh, but if you've never seen Showgirls 2, then oh, you haven't geez. lived. You have not lived, right, Russell? I have never seen Showgirls 2. I own sure. it, but I've you never do. seen it. My little Gary, brother... you know there's a Showgirls 2, by the way? Yeah, um, pennies from heaven. never seen it. <laughs> that, that's like the subtitle, "Pennies from Heaven." The, the so I, you know, I've seen the cover of it so many times. The star of it is some bit part who was a stripper in the first movie. She's in the first movie for like five <laughs> seconds. Yeah, moving on up. Yeah, she's she's the main character. Showgirls two, pennies from heaven. <laughs> All right, so there it is. Uh, <laughs> so dumb. Uh, what's the best sequel ever made? Uh, in your opinion, not the society's opinion. I want your opinion. A bunch of them come to mind. I think the first one that pops into my head is Aliens. Oh. Love Aliens. Okay. Um, Godfather Two. You can't go wrong. Yes. Empire Strikes Back. If you want to be, uh, you know. Tentpole nerd. I love Empire Strikes Back. It's my favorite Star Wars movie. Uh, what else? Those are the big ones people usually yeah. say. And Terminator 2 is the Road Warrior. The Road Warrior. 
Yeah. Mad Max 2. Oh, the Mad Max I don't think I have. Yeah, oh, I remember man. seeing Mad Max when I was a kid, but I don't think I saw it. I've been beyond Thunderdome. I have. Fucking, trust me. Uh, Thunder, Thunderdome shit. It's the Hollywood, yeah. the Hollywoodization of Mad Max. Rogue oh. is the fucking like one of the best action movies ever. It's awesome, start hmm. to finish. Well, I'm gonna have to find out if that's true then. Yeah, you got check it out. I haven't seen everything. I mean, I've seen a lot, but <laughs> it's always something new. We're watching a movie next week on Cinema 9 I never heard of, so you never know. You what are you guys doing? Heard. It's called uh, To Live and Die in L.A. by for 1985. So, an never older one. Yeah, I never saw that one. Yeah. It's by Bill Friedkin, who did The Exorcist. He's a well-known director. I think Walken's in it. Oh. You know that. Uh, I have no idea. Maybe. Well, why, why'd you just say that? <laughs> I don't know. It just came to my <laughs> head. That, it just came to my mind that maybe he wasn't it. Okay. Uh, what's the best Scorsese movie, Russell? I'm partial to Casino. Oh. Uh, I don't think I don't think it's probably the best one, but it's my favorite. <laughs> fuck me, fuck my mother, you motherfucker, you! Yeah, I, mean, I, could, I can I, I could drop in and watch pretty much any scene of that movie and just be totally entertained. Fucking Sharon Stone is exhausting in that movie. The more and more you watch it, it's just like yeah. continually, like what the fuck is Ace doing? Like get rid of her. She's God, she's ruining everything. Yeah. <laughs> and then less. <laughs> Your damn boyfriend. <laughs> Every oh, time it's on, I watch it. Though, Russell, I can't, I can't get away from it. This is Sharon Stone in the movie Casino. That's it. That's her role. She does a great job. It's great acting, but man, it's. Yeah, I agree with you. And it's like, oh, God, here we go again. All right. Uh, and then finally, Russell, for love or money? Oh, that's an easy one. For love. Very lovely, Russell. Thank you. You're a good man. It's kind of how we thought you were. So I want to make sure you pass the test. Enrico's Inquisition, you're free and clear. You've done it. You've done a fine job. I'm proud of you, my friend. You're a good American. You're a fine Houston Astros fan and an even better father, from what I gather. All right, you're listening to the Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, presented by rotofanatic.com. I'm Michael Govier. That's Chris Deary. He's Russell Withers. We're doing the value zone. It's time to find out who's in the value zone and how can we get there. It's never easy to find it, but we're going to do the best we can. So in this one, we're trying to players that are going to help you win your leagues so the you know the title of this the graphic said 60 days to go 60 days till the season's over so we want to help you guys find players that are cheap 30 percent owned or less oh, i forgot about this song what did i say here oh yeah the value zone yeah that makes sense all right, so that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to take you guys to the value zone. 30% owned or less. You want to do it by Yahoo, NFPC, Fantrax. I don't give a shit. But it just has to be players that are 30% owned or less in whatever league-structured website you choose. All right. Russell, you want to go first? Or do you dare go first? Uh, yeah, I'll go first. Um, the first the first player I picked is, is Cole Calhoun. Um Hmm. I think he's owned. Let me see. He's owned in. I didn't write it down, but it's less than thirty. Okay. Uh, I looked. I looked at NFBC uh, online championship leagues. 
Um, I was pretty heavily invested in Calhoun coming into this season. He's he's the kind of he's the kind of player I like to take at the end of drafts. Nobody likes him because he has a bad batting average, but he's a pretty reliable power bat. You know, he hit like thirty uh, something home runs in nineteen, and then had another good power season in the in the short season in two thousand twenty. Um, but obviously, things didn't go well at the beginning of this season. He got injured. Torn meniscus. Yeah, that's that's rough. Uh, then when he came back, uh, it's been real slow going. Um, hasn't done much of anything, but he's showing signs of life. Uh, over the last eight games, he's hitting 273. He finally homered, and uh, he's he's leading off uh, more than half the time. And you know he's playing for either uh, Arizona to pick up his option or to be a free agent. Uh, so he's 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 got money on the line. And I think he could make the most of the end of the season and, and you know, knock ten, five to ten home runs the rest of the way and get you some counting stats. And, and he's out there and, and available. And also, uh, he had a Roto World update the other day that said he wasn't going to be worth anything. And when Roto World disagrees with me, I double down. Uh, I'm sorry. Sorry. It's NBC Sports Edge. Oh, that's right. NBC Sports Edge. Yes, books, I'm sure DJ Short would not want to hear the Roto World. He's, so it's called sorry. NBC Sports Edge. NBC now. Sports Edge. <laughs> but that, no, that's okay. Sports that's interesting. But still, yeah, it's legitimate me, you, heard me, you heard me earlier. I said DL instead of ILI. I have a terrible, <laughs> I have so much difficulty changing. That's okay. You're living in the past. It's cool. But I you're know. still current. You're part past, part current. That's what people want because you know what the past was like, but you know how to take care of business today. That's the best of both that's worlds. Right. That's right. Deary, 30% lesser owned anywhere you can find it. Give it to me. Yeah, 27% owned in Yahoo Leagues. I guarantee by the end of next week or a couple weeks from now, it's probably going to be closer to 40%. That's Abraham Toro of the Seattle Mariners. So he gets Mm -hmm. moved on from Houston. He's now batting fifth for the Mariners, either playing second or third base for them, depending on their needs for the night. But he's hit in seven of his last eight games. He had hit. Three or he had hit home runs in two straight games before he got traded to Seattle. His first two games in Seattle packed on two more home runs with a couple RBIs in each game. So he's getting hot at the right time. He's only 24 years old. What I really like is he's been really good against the off-speed stuff this year. He's been a plus plus player against curveballs and changeups. So this guy who's going to be a part of Seattle's future here on the infield. Uh, you know, Seager's getting old. Probably not going to see much more of him uh, down the line here. Uh, especially going into next year. So this was a real savvy move by uh, Seattle going ahead and getting Toro. A lot of people were upset that Graveman went went the other way in the deal, but then they went and replaced Graveman with Castillo. So I really like what Seattle did, and I think this guy's going to be have a chance to give you some good counting stats here the rest of the year, especially hitting behind a Ty France who's been you know really, really good the last month and a half, and then Mitch Hanniger who's had a stud season. If they can get Kyle Seeger to heat up a little bit, there's going to be a ton of opportunities for RBIs for Abraham Toro. So I really like Abraham Toro here for the final stretch of 60. Abraham Toro. Somebody asked me about Toro last week. It was one of the guys that we had earlier, Bo. I think it was Bo. Was that you, Bo? I think somebody offered a trade that was just so dumb. I couldn't believe it. It was like Toro for O'Neal, Tyler O'Neal. Why? Let's not get out of control here. That's what happened. Somebody offered, that's what it was, Bo. Shout out to Bo. Show. More shout outs in our life. Bo was offered Tyler O'Neill for his Abraham Toro, and he took it immediately. Right call, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're going to get more power from O'Neill. It's going to take a couple more years for for that to develop for uh, for Toro. So O'Neill's going to give you a. I mean, what's what's O'Neill got? He's got 20 home runs, right? Well, he's been a balanced player with speed and power. It's fantastic. Yeah. So he's been hurt a little bit, but he's been healthy. He's been more healthy than he's been hurt for the most part this year. So, oh, yeah, do you disagree year. at all, Russell, or how do you feel about that? Uh, no, I don't disagree with that at all. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. He's got 17 home runs, nine steals. He's hitting 273, too, which is That's nice. Yeah. You're not expecting that. Yeah, he, he made me look foolish because I was telling people I'm out on him. Oh. But, you know, players change. He's made people, some, some big improvements. People change, Mox. You're a starting oh. quarterback now. How many RBIs does O'Neill have? O'Neill! Well, I don't have the answer to that. I just knew those things. Oh, okay. I don't know everything, do I? I made I made a wild prediction that he was going to lead the Cardinals in RBIs this year. Oh, he has forty. That's not a lot. Okay. Yeah, it was one of those bold ass predictions. There's no way he's the head of Renato in RBIs. Although no, it could no. be closer than you think. At any rate, my value zone selection here: thirty percent or less. And on Yahoo again, I like to stick with the people. You know, the people play on Yahoo, so we can shit on it. But that's where a lot of people play, and. This is kind of a cheat code, but it's not. Travis Darno. Travis Darno is going to come back on Sunday, barring any setbacks. He's at Triple A Gwinnett right now, right at this moment. And this podcast is happening. And he's doing, he's in a unique position, guys. He's doing two rehab starts for two guys that would be his teammates at the major league level. He's going to be catching Ian Anderson, and then he's going to catch Wasker Enoas. Back to back days. He's going to catch both those starts. They're all at Triple A. Right now, you guys should be getting tickets for the Gwinnett games because there's some great <laughs> players down there. And there's not a lot to going on in Georgia. Trust me, I was just there last week, so you should probably do that. Uh, now people in Georgia should be pissed at me. Uh, I know we have a lot of people and fans love us in Georgia, so I may have heard our show, but yeah, that's how it goes. Travis Darno, if he's healthy, is a legitimate player. He can swing the bat. You know, you know the profile. I don't have to lay out his profile for you. The guy can hit. It's just always injuries with him. It's always injuries with him. But he can be healthy here. So pick his ass up before the... Kind of like what Deary just mentioned with the inflatable a week from now. The rostering could be up to 40 50%. So go get yourself Travis Darno now. Get ready to reap the benefits on the last 50 to 60 days of the season. All right, I'm going to take it back to you, Russell. Give me one more. Okay, I got a picture this time. Cal Quantrill with the Cleveland Guardians? Indians? <laughs> Damn! Uh, he's he's 15% owned, uh, not a big strikeout guy, 6.48K per nine. Uh, he's got decent numbers on the season, a 3.40 ERA and a 1.3 whip, but most of that was as a reliever. And he's he was put in the rotation at the beginning of July, and in six starts since that happened, he's had six straight starts with three or fewer earned runs and four straight starts with one or no earned run. And a 2.36 ERA and a 1.14 WHIP in that span, uh, with his two wins. Uh, his only two wins on the season have come in those six starts as a starter. And uh, you know they they need him, and he's probably part of the future. So I would lean on him the rest of the way. Genius, genius, genius! I love it. Love Cal Quantrill. He is starting to become the Cleveland pitcher that every Cleveland pitcher becomes. Yeah, traded for last year from the Padres. Started slow. It really was he wasn't even playing yet at the major league level, and they slowly brought him along. And now he's good times gargabons. Yeah, good call there, Russ. 
Deary, give me one more. Yeah, it's got to be Max Stassi. Uh, Max Stassi's at 28% in Yahoo Leagues. Uh, <laughs> he just came back last week. It seems like we're talking about Stassi consistently over we're the last about month. Practice. We're talking about Stassi, Mr. Iverson. <laughs> but uh, this guy's betting third or fourth for the Angels when he is playing. That's the only concern is that you may have to stack him with another catcher. Uh, here because he's not getting consistent enough playing time. But this guy's got power. He's got double-digit home runs. He's batting over 300. Uh, you know, and being in the middle of that lineup where you got Otani ahead of him and hopefully Trout can go back here soon, he's going to have opportunities for RBIs. And it's really hard to find home runs here down the stretch, but he's a guy who you can find some home runs from the catcher position. I'll throw another guy out there as well, Miguel Rojas, who's been leading off for the Marlins here. I know this guy's 32 years old, but he can still give you a little bit of stolen base opportunities for a team that's just letting it roll right now, and he's going to you know lead off for them and, and possibly be able to – uh, swipe a few bags for him so for, for them so i like him and the last one i'll mention uh, is uh uh yamar candelario for the tigers he's batting over 300 in the last month starting to heat up a little bit and the tigers are just fighting they've been putting up runs a lot lately so he's another guy eligibility in two different position in two different positions first base and third base uh a guy who Typically, he's not going to hit for power, but he can hit for average, and he's going to hit in that middle of the lineup so he can pick up some RBI opportunities. So those are three guys that I can throw out there for you. Hmm. All right. Those are some fine choices, dearie. You're a, you're a fine man. Randy, you're a fine girl. Uh, let's see. I wanted to offer a pitcher because I feel like we need starts, and we need starters that we can rely on, but it's difficult to find them. So you have to kind of sift through the waste. I was thinking about Joe Ross. He's eligible for this conversation, but he's kind of stunk it up recently. So has Joe Ross ever been good? <laughs> uh, in certain points, he's good. He can be good. Certain points, right? The major league pitcher, any major league pitcher can be good. Oh, Richard Sands was here. Palazzo overall leader. He wanted. Why are you asking us for advice, Richard? You're the one who knows everything. <laughs> Stassi or Garver? Uh, I like, on a per-game basis, I like Stassi more, but I don't know. I'd flip a coin on that. Although Jeffers, no, I'm going to go Stassi. I'll go Stassi. Anybody else? Stassi. I'll go Stassi. Yeah! 16-team, 5-by-5 redraft, one catcher league. Yeah, I'll still go Stassi. We all win Stassi. One must go. Bye-bye, Garver. Stassi. Jeffers uh, hit a home run recently. He's kind of still hanging around there. Garver could be fun. But I like Stassi. We all did. Yes, laugh out loud. Richard, you're the best. But he, this is why Richard does so well, because he asks everybody's opinions. He's not afraid to ask questions. That's helpful. Be inquisitive. Make a difference in your own fantasy team. Uh, all right, so I'm going to go with JT Brubaker. He went six innings, four strikeouts in his last start. I know he hit a bit of a bump in the road, but his overall whip on the season is 1.17. That's damn good. That's somebody who's you know roster in 12-team leagues. I know he doesn't have any wins if he played in wins leagues, but his K-9 is right at a 9, and he is a good pitcher. He might be a little tired. He might... I could see a point where he kind of kind of slows off here and they spread out his starts over the rest of the season, but if he can give you a couple here and there and it's still worthy of your time, based on league consideration, he's low-owned. So I would say give him a shot. That's all I have to say about that. Okay. I like Brubaker. He, he, I, I've streamed him in and out in Yahoo leagues all year long. You know, you just find the right matchup, and he, he's going six, seven innings, and he's been able to strike guys out. And he doesn't walk a lot of people, so I like Brubaker. He's the Pirates got something uh, good brewing with Brubaker over there. Brewing with 
Subaru, baby. Right, there it is. That's the value zone. We got through it. 30% lesser owned. Hopefully you like some of the players we offered. If you don't, well, then just forget it. And move on with your day. Who cares what <laughs> we say? All right. Now we gave you guys some guys to add. We got to tell you about the players that you need to move on from. And some players are dragging us down. We've held on to the Keston Heroes, the Nick Solex. Uh, there's a lot of players that have just buzz killed us to a great extent. But this is so dumb. I love this one. <laughs> we all do. We all chase that. That's for sure. Oh, yeah, we've all been there. So, sometimes we need to be told from an outside source to kind of get us to motivate ourselves to move on from a situation that's not good for us. So, Russell, can you provide somebody that is pretty heavily owned that probably shouldn't be anymore? Okay, I've got a really tough one. Um, And everyone, you're going to have to make this decision for yourself. But uh, I'm considering cutting Shane Bieber in a, in a league where I really need the roster spot. Um, you know, he could come back and give me three or four great starts. But the truth of the matter is he's, he's playing catch right now. And for him to come back, he's got to, you know, start throwing from the mound. And then he's got to ramp up. He'll need a couple of rehab starts. And so that's, you know, three or four starts is probably best case scenario. And Cleveland is not doing anything this season. They really have no reason to push him. So, you know, I look at him. He's sitting there on my roster. He's still 100% owned. And I think, you know, I was thinking about this a week ago. But this week, I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to cut him. Yes! I love it, dude. I think that is a great call. Not only is it ballsy, but it's smart. I don't know how much closer we are to seeing him pitch. They're not going to be in the playoff hunt here. They're a 500 team. I love it. I think he was lost, too. I think there was a lot going on there with the gunk being gone, and he went on the IL. I'm curious about a lot of shit that's going on there. I respect you, Russell. Another reason to like Russell Withers. Deary? Oh, you want my guy? Yeah, Deary, why don't you go next? Okay, yeah, I'll go next. Uh, I have a list of all these guys that were, were highly rated here at the start of the season, and it's tough to pick one out. I will go with a hitter first. I'm going to go with Caven Biggio. Caven Biggio has had a horrid season. He's batting 215. He's got 26 RBIs, 26 runs. He's only got seven home runs and only three stolen bases. He's been a negative player against sliders this year, against fastballs, can't seem to catch up with anything. Um, his K rate is up to 26%. And the walks, something that I think a lot of people were intrigued by in OBP leagues were was that he'd get on base a ton. Well, his walk rate is down as well. Um, he had a really encouraging July. He batted 304, or 304 in July, but in June he was an absolute disaster. And what's happened now is they just threw him on the DL. 
um, mm. with neck and back discomfort. So even if he does come back here, oh, I got that wrong. I'm sorry. June, he had a nice June. He had a 304 June, a terrible July. So with him going oh. on the DL or on the IL right now, uh, it's probably time to cut loose. Even if he does come back here within the next seven, eight days, because it says that he should come back when that 10 days is up. I don't know what you're going to get from him down the stretch here. I mean, you, if you're trying to go win a league, uh, I don't think Caven Biggio is going to heat up here for the last 60 days and he's going to end up going out and winning a league, especially if you're looking for walks and stolen bases and batting average. He's not going to give you any of that. And the power has been down this year, too. So rack it up is a really down season for Caven Biggio. He might be really good value next year because uh, a lot of people are going to be fading him at the start of the season. But, yeah, disaster season for Caven Biggio. If he's on your roster, go ahead and cut him loose. Whoopsie, Daisy. It happens. Yeah, Kevin Biggio, buzzkill, multi-eligibility for position, but it didn't work out. You guys are off to a fiery start here for the Buttercup segment. Well done. We're trying to help you guys give you players that you need to cut from your squads. Shane Bieber, Kevin Biggio, and... Well, Trevor Bauer is an obvious one first. If you haven't dropped Trevor Bauer, you need to do it ASAP. That's over. But some of you are still hanging on thinking he's... You, you read the tweet every week. You guys are... Your minions, you're locked in. Like, his leave's been extended another seven days. His leave's been extended another seven days. No! It's over. So cut Trevor Bauer ASAP. But I'm going to get radical. I'm going to get wild with this one. I'm going to say in redraft leagues, it's time to cut Jacob DeGrom. Boom! I am not so sure that he's going to be able to help you in redraft leagues. Obviously, redraft. He's not anywhere. He's not much closer to being back he's a rehab start either he keeps saying he'd like to come back rest of season the Mets are in a dire playoff hunt but I think the Mets are going to be the odd ones out here they can't force I think the Braves are going to take the spot first off I want to make that clear I think Atlanta will end up winning this division because it's just what happens and then even if the Mets were desperate to try to stay in it or to win this division they can't risk this guy this guy is too special you cannot Risk a small-term division, which you're not going to win the World Series. You're not, okay? A nice little season you've had here. And I think they'll figure that out. At least, you know, the brass will figure that out. But I really believe that... Is it worth holding on to him in a roster spot? If, if you don't play in an IL league, if you're in a NFBC, like an OC or a 15-teamer, and you just got him sitting there and sitting there and sitting there, I know he's very, very valuable. He's an incredible pitcher. We all know who he is. He's a god. He got a 108 ERA in 92 innings. But... If you get one more start out of him, is that worth holding on to him the rest of the season right now? There's 60 days. And if you're in the hunt, this is for the people who are in the hunt, obviously. I think you might have to pull the plug if it's that desperate of a situation. I know it's a little radical, but I'm I'm saying think about it. Strongly consider it. He's too precious. They can't risk it anymore. They've already let him dictate too much, and I think there's been a change of pace here based on what I've read and what I've heard that he is no longer going to be forcing them into allowing him to play when he's not ready. So there you go. That's my opinion. Do with it what you may. Tell me to shove it up my ass. That's fine. I don't care. All I know is I'm concerned. That is bullshit! All right. Give me one more. Russell, can you help us out here? Can you give us another hard truth? Um, yeah, uh, kind of in the same vein as DeGrom and, and Bieber, uh, Pablo Lopez. You know, he's he'd been pitching great all season and, and you hope for him to come back, but he's only throwing from 90 feet right now. And the likelihood that he's going to come back and 
get you enough innings to really help you. You know, it's time to cut bait on him. That's a hard truth to me. That hurts. Yeah. I guess I have to swallow that and accept it because I have him in a couple leagues and I really have been hanging on. Damn it, Russell. Okay, fine. You're right. <sighs> Deary? Uh, I haven't done it yet, but I'm really, really close to doing it. And I'm really thinking about dropping Cody Bellinger. Um, Whoa! I, I, I don't here, – here's the thing. He, he just eats up a roster spot for me. He sits on my bench. I haven't played him in shit, weeks. The only time I ever play him is if someone's got a day off in the outfield or at first base and I can plug him in. But he's just not serving any purpose on my roster right now. Now, this is an OPS league. He's got five home runs and 206 plate appearances, 26% K rate. He just seems completely lost at the plate. I'm getting murdered in average in this league. So, I mean, he's batting 168 on the season. He's now batting at the end of this order. He's now batting eighth for the Dodgers when they are playing them. Um, so there may be other options for the Dodgers right now to where they get to a point where maybe they're not even going to be playing them down the stretch, especially if they they're going to try to win this division because I think winning the division out West is going to be huge because it keeps you out of that wild card game and whoever's in that wild card the game, they're going to have to face one of the other teams in the West. So um, I, I'm, I'm close to doing it with Bellinger. If I can find the, the right guy to pick up to kind of supplant him and someone who can get, uh, you know, eligibility in several different positions, I think Cody Bellinger could be a guy who could be droppable here in redraft, obviously for the last month and a half. I've made a huge mistake, man. Cody Bellinger. That's a fair call. I like it, dear. I, I can support it. I understand why you're saying it. It's been trouble, but I will tell you this. I would be acquiring him in Dynasty. I still absolutely believe that he's there. He's just had a lot of injuries that have messed him up, and they're affecting this year. But 2022 and beyond, I'm pro Bellinger, Dynasty-wise. Russell, what do you think of that real quick? Yeah, uh, I agree with both of you, Chris. I'm I'm out on him this year. I have I have him on one of my draft champions uh, teams, and God, it's just so painful. I don't know what to do each week. It, you know those those draft champions rosters get real thin. You're like, I gotta play somebody, and I'm playing <laughs> you know garbage first baseman over Bellinger right mm-hmm. now. It's just just can't do it. So you're right about that. And but yeah, long term, I mean, I think he's got a lot to prove. I, I played Rowdy Telez the other day, and Telez didn't even start. And then Telez came in yeah. and hit a pinch hit home run. <laughs> so it actually worked out. That's that's how down I am on Bellinger. I mean, they hadn't released the lineup for for the Dodgers mm-hmm. yet because I, I believe the the Brewers game was an afternoon game. But I'm like, I'm rolling with Telez, and then he didn't play, but then he pitched it and hit a home run. So I was like, sweet, worked out. <laughs> oh wow, that's fun. That's very fun. I just God, yeah. I think about Glarf. I drafted him in Glarf. I'm like right there in the mix. If I had drafted someone else in that spot, I'd be so much better. And I'm already really good. That's just, damn it, Bellinger. Why? Why did you do this to me? All right, uh, I'll give you one more and then uh, we'll wrap it up here. That'll be it. Um, I've been thinking about dropping Ronald Acuna. I'm not really sure. I should though. Uh-huh. Just kidding. <laughs> Ronald Acuna. He's been out for a while from what I hear. Um, what about this? Now, he's still valuable at moments, so the steals it. No, I can't do that. Ah, this is tough. This is really hard. I, I picked like three or four guys where I was considering it, and then I was like, Throw eh, some eh. names out there. We'll help guide you. <sighs> okay. Well, um, you already mentioned it earlier, though. I was thinking Luke Void. It was like kind of thinking that. 
because I was just figured, I don't know if we can trust him to be healthy, though. But what you said earlier in the show makes it very clear that I think we really should consider absolutely dropping him in redraft leagues now. Because of the playing That's, time issue? I didn't think about the playing time. I just thought that the guy had a couple injuries this year, and he might just want to regroup for 2022. But even if he's back, it's a lot of bats. And Rizzo's a very durable guy. Like, Rizzo is reliable. Yeah, he's a gold-glove first baseman. It does just as good against left-handers as he does against right-handers. I think maybe the guy that maybe would be sitting is maybe you put Stanton in the outfield and, and Gallo sits. But, like, you, you just acquired Gallo. I mean, you, you want to get him consistent at bats here. Oh, my God. Richard Sands does suck sometimes. He has Bellinger and Yelich <laughs> in his TGFBI team. He drafted both. What? Okay, Why didn't you so do that in the Plaza League? Yeah, what the hell? I'll give you this one. How about this one? How about Matt Chapman? Now, I actually I hyped Matt Chapman in the show earlier this year. Yeah. I was like, hey, go get him. I think in June-ish, I was like, it's time. He's going to heat up. That has not happened. He's hitting 215. He's got 14 homers, I think. Uh, 14 home runs. He's had almost 400 at-bats. I just think you're you're hoping for, like, if you're still holding on to him, you're hoping for him to turn it on, or you just keep thinking every day will be a new day. I mean, he's 79% rostered on Yahoo Leagues. That's a very high number still for a guy that is average, very average with the stats. You're looking at the name, and you've been waiting and waiting and waiting, and it's not happening. So I think it's time to cut bait with Matt Chapman and find someone else that can provide, that can produce now, like these guys like Toro or uh, Ledimus Diaz, guys who are heating up and are playing good now in the moment during a week to help you now. Don't get stuck with these names. These are the times to cut bait. Sure, Chapman could heat up. He could have, he could finish the season strong. But is it really going to happen? There's got to still be some issues with that hip. I mean, he's at, I believe he's over 30% K rate, which is what it was last year before he had the procedure. Yeah. All right. Well, we hope that helps, guys. We're just trying to help. We're trying to give you guys some honest dose of reality, some truth, truth to you, to help you, not hurt you. We want to help. But then again, we're just three bozos on the internet talking baseball. So who the hell knows? But we try our best, don't we, Russell? We do. All right. Well, Russell, you did it. You survived your first ever Plaza podcast. Uh, what do you think of the experience? Was hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We have not talked about Master and Commander. <laughs> oh, shit. That's right. We haven't. <laughs> what about it? it? <laughs> yeah, what are we supposed to say now? I, I don't know. <laughs> wow, from, all the, from all the gifts, it probably, it probably looks it like just I'm had some to be kind mentioned. Of, like I'm some kind of fanatical Master and Commander fan, but I'm not. It is a great movie. It's a great movie. And the little exchange about it was so funny. that I just made a couple of those gifts, so the whole thing just kind of took off. I'm not arguing um, that with you. And, uh, you know, maybe after you get the Enrico Palazzo guy on the show, see if Russell Crowe will come on. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that, Deary. This is for the end of the show. Russell, you're here for this. Mark Holton, we have booked the interview Tuesday evening. I hope yes. that... This works this for you. So fucking I'm awesome. nervous. <laughs> <laughs> You're nervous. Or <laughs> if we find out he's not the real guy when we show up, it'll then be we'll even find better out, if it isn't. It's all been organized. What time? On Tuesday, on Tuesday evening. We're, we're not doing it live. We're recording it, but okay. Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Yes. Okay. Right, Pee Wee. That's right. <laughs> That's him. 
So what kind of questions are you gonna prepare for? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he's been pretty cool, so I don't want to like embarrass him or anything. I just want to. Yeah, I want to have some fun with it, but I want to also ask like real questions to the guy. So okay. uh, surely, yeah. surely he's got some good Paul Rubens stories. God, you would hope so. That's yeah. a good point. Hopefully, they yeah. probably like did a bunch of blow together and did something really stupid. You'll <laughs> be, be the first person that uh, he tells the story to. He mentioned he wanted to talk about A League of Their Own and Naked Gun, which are the two baseball movies he's been in. But we're gonna do okay, the other stuff too. Cool. Yeah, we gotta do we gotta do the Pee Wee. There's no way we gotta do the Teen Wolf. Deary's very interested in Teen yes. Wolf too. So. Yes, it's gonna be awesome. I, I gotta know what type of athlete he really is. I can't. I really hope this works out. But Tuesday evening, we're gonna record with them, and then we'll play it for you guys. We'll upload it to the YouTube channel or uh, whatever. I don't know. This is a new experience for us. We hope it's real. And we hope it works out. But it is happening. Very much happening. Mark Holton, go follow the real Mark Holton on Twitter. He's only got fourteen Twitter followers. Come on. He's going to have hundreds after us. <laughs> Please, everybody follow at the real Mark Holton, damn it. Russell, make sure you do that when you get a chance. All right, I will. Okay, well, it's been great having Russell Withers on the show. At Armchair Roto on Twitter, MJGoVAC, Deary1999. Plaza Podcast at ProtonMail.com. Plaza Podcast on Twitter, two L's, two Z's. Utah, give me two. Russell, it's everything we thought it would be. Uh, do you think you'll come back on if we invite you? Yeah, sure. I'd love to. This was fun. Hey, all right. Yeah, that was a rhetorical question, so... <laughs> Absolutely. Russell's a part of the crew. We love everything that he brings to the table. So funny. You're a funny Twitter presence. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. He's a funny guy. He also knows what he's doing. He really does know his fantasy baseball. Not football, though. Only baseball. <laughs> Until the decade that we talk again, which is actually tomorrow night. Are, are you going to be here? Did I, meant to, I think I mentioned the schedule this week. Tomorrow night, Lauren Auerbach will be on the show. What time? 8, 9, whatever works for you. I'll let you know. All right, you let me know. Either way, Lauren Auerbeck will be on the show tomorrow. She is the new host of the SB Streamer podcast, and she does her own show, too, called Rest of Season Rankings. A lot of fun, so check it out. Follow her. Follow Russell. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys. July 30th, 2021. There was chaos in the phones in front offices. You were stuck at work with your phone. While the rest of MLB grabbed a comp to own. First spot they hit was Miami. Oakland finally got a player that they can't afford. Rich Hill is old, time to retire. And then the Mets turned their franchise into a dumpster fire. Next stop they hit was Toronto shot. It only took two prospects to score and cop. Finally, there's the dreaded CBA. Where do you think that baseball will be at in April or May? The Nats decided to unload everything. It dawned on LA that they had the earnings. So once again, Friedman reloaded for the fall. Since that day, another ring seems very reachable. But many baseball fans have had it up to here. It's getting harder and harder and harder each and every year. Some kids went to a game with their mother. I saw her when she left, her wallet was empty. Right, lads. Now, I know there's not a faint heart among you. And I know you're as anxious as I am to get into close action. But we must bring him right up beside us before we spring this trap. That will test our nerve. And discipline will count just as much as courage.
The Acheron is a tough nut to crack. More than twice our guns, more than twice our numbers. And they will sell their lives dearly. They mean to take us as a prize. <laughs> and we are worth more to them undamaged. Their greed will be their downfall. England is under threat of invasion. And though we be on the far side of the world, this ship is our home. This ship is England. So it's every hand to his rope or gun, quicks the word and sharps the action. After all, surprise is on our side. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.